The Catholic Channel on Sirius XM 129 presents America This Week, a smart Catholic take on faith and culture with Father Matt Malone and Kerry Weber. Good day and welcome to the broadcast. I'm Father Matt Malone, Editor-in-Chief of America Magazine. And I'm Carrie Weber, Executive Editor of America. And each week we offer you the news and analysis from the intersection of the church and the world gathered by our team at America Magazine. And one of our team joins us here in the studio, as they do each week. Robert David Sullivan is an associate editor who uh, writes about uh, U.S. politics and faith. Welcome, Robert. Thank you. Good to be here. Uh, Well, the summer of scandal in the Catholic Church, these compounding, tragic, uh, terrible stories uh, has spilled over into the early autumn. And and we're going to be talking about the latest updates. Um, in terms of you know what's happening in in Rome and what's happening here in the United States with uh, Michael O'Loughlin, who is our national correspondent, he's going to join us. Well, because the Pennsylvania grand jury report was one of the the major uh, um, developments this summer, and now other states may be doing the same. I know New, the New York Attorney General's office, you report, is uh, in investigating um, similar claims that again may go back decades, and we may have many more states and or diocese or uh, report, releasing reports like this and uh, as Father Malone said earlier it's kind of this ori- disorienting because we keep going back in time and forward mm-hmm. in time and are, are, should we be prepared for more of this? Yeah it, it's a good point um, so it, when, the, when the scandals were kind of uh, erupting back in the early 2000s uh, the bishops responded and created a new uh, mechanism to protect children uh, that was implemented in 2002 and I think the church kind of moved on after that but in reality there hasn't been a thorough reckoning in many uh, of these dioceses about how they handled past instances of abuse and cover-up you had certainly an investigation in the Archdiocese of Boston Uh, we have uh, we had one done in Pennsylvania now including in Philadelphia a couple years earlier but most places haven't kind of been subject to that thorough investigation of their files and uh, how these abuse claims were handled. And following the Pennsylvania report, uh, at least uh, uh, law enforcement officials in at least seven other states say they might follow suit. Uh, so you mentioned New York um, is launching an investigation into dioceses here. Um, they're going to be focusing specifically on Buffalo, they said, or especially on Buffalo, uh, because there's sort of an ongoing scandal there. Uh, the bishop. Uh, Richard Malone in Buffalo is facing accusations that he mishandled um, instances of sexual misconduct and abuse as recently as in the last three years. Um, But all the dioceses in New York will be investigated. And then we have law enforcement officials in Illinois, Kentucky, Florida, New Jersey, Nebraska, New Mexico, and Missouri, all considering uh, launching their own investigations as well. Uh, So in the wake of that, you've seen some uh, Catholic leaders saying that the church should realize that this kind of investigation and transparency is good for the church to move on and release their files ahead of time. And we've seen some church leaders do that. They've opened up their files and said this is how we mishandled abuse claims in the past. Uh, These people, uh, the people who are advocating for that kind of transparency note that if the church doesn't do this, it's possible there'll be a sort of Pennsylvania story uh, every few years for the next couple decades and that it will just sort of uh, drag out this inevitable pain, both for victims who have to experience it every time it's back in the news, and for Catholics who will uh, once again be 
be faced with this challenge of how do you remain part of an institution that has this uh, really dark history. It's kind of stunning that Boston didn't prompt more of this earlier. I mean, it's been quite a while. Yeah. It still feels like there's a lot of people who are just thinking if we just wait it out, right. no one will find out. Mm-hmm. And it it seems increasingly unlikely that that will be the case. Oh, yeah. And it and obviously that the, the strategy has collapsed as, right. of, as of this last summer, right? I mean, it, because... Uh, People might have said that after 2002 as well. And it seems to me that there are, um, I mean, one issue is a lot of people uh, say to me that they they think of this as analogous to the financial crisis of 2008, where you had uh, all of these folks on Wall Street and these investment banks who made some really poor decisions. Uh, They were either negligent or they were willfully uh, malicious and nearly blew up the entire world economy. And the average homeowner paid an enormous price for that. And none of those folks were held accountable. None right. of them went to jail. None of them were put on trial, right? And well, they and say, well, and I look at the church and I'm like, well, you, we had this sexual abuse crisis and, you know, we have, uh, you know, put in these protocols that deal with priests and uh, it's worked unevenly in places. But it's still the case that people who were, making these decisions uh, were not really held accountable. Well, we were talking about bureaucracy earlier. It's almost like keeping the machine running is the most important thing because in the example of the financial crisis, it was like we can't afford uncertainty. We just have to patch things up right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if, if there's that feeling in the church because, of course, the church is doing a very important pastoral work and very important um, work in terms of... Um, you know, social services, we can't, it's it's easy to, to rationalize and say we can't afford uh, this kind of distraction from our main uh, mission. And I mean, even thinking of, I think it's on an anniversary of Gerald Ford pardoning Richard Nixon, yeah, uh, saying, well, we can't hold these people accountable because the country just has to keep running. We can't right. take the time to have this kind of introspection. And uh, sometimes that's just delaying the inevitable. Well, and I've read a number of articles now about how a lot of people never recovered from the financial crash, right? right. Like that—that that ten years later, uh, people have, uh, you know, are their wealth is is um, you can't become wealthy just by saving your money anymore, right? right? Like you have to kind of play a role in the stock market, and that if you do. Uh, the people that do that already had the money. The people who had the money to recover went into the stock market and did it. And the people who didn't are are sort of stuck here. So this is okay. This is getting into the financial part too much. But <laughs> the point is, is that is the church? You know, we want the church to recover. We don't want ten years from now the church having never ha- just having become a sadder, less trusted, more fear based place. Right. Right. Like we the right now because my point is people are making financial decisions still out of fear of what had happened and our church cannot make decisions out of fear we cannot let the fear of of this crisis the fear of being found out the fear of losing power the fear of what happens to our children that can't be what is the the driving force of everything it has to be a, a trust in god and it has to be a desire for love not from fear but there's a real danger here that if people aren't honest and are not transparent now and don't uh, really kind of pull together, that a lot of people in the church 
might be in the church but might have that sort of just still low level of fear about how the church is operating or about how we need we are as a, as a community and an organization and that's completely unhealthy and it's it the church can't operate from that yeah i no i agree with you uh, completely and it is that that fear is real and it is driving too many of our decision making too much of our decision making and and that of our leaders and but I, I and I also I also think that the fear is different than it was say 40 or 50 years ago where the fear was the reputation of the church and the credibility of the church I think that mo- that most of our leaders recognize now that that is a, we lost that battle at least for this century but the fear I think is about the the catastrophic consequences that they are that they envision by releasing this information, right? The 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 bankruptcy of dioceses and um, you know the, the the loss of services or whatever it is, and but you have to recognize that as the same fear, right? That no matter what the cost is, this has to come out, yeah. and uh, they are surrounded by a ton of very well-paid lawyers who are telling them not to do this. Right, because every lawyer tells their client, "You don't put yourself in legal liability." But sometimes you have to ignore that advice and say, "Actually, but the pastoral need is greater than whatever the legal liability is." And folks like the bishop in Little Rock did that today. He said, "Came out and said, well, I'm not. I'm going to. I'm. You know, I'm not going to wait for some judge to tell me. I'm going to put all this information out there right now." And that is more of the kind of thing that we need. I, you know, when you do something voluntarily, it's a it's a qualitatively different kind of moral act than when you do it with a, a gun to your head or a subpoena um, and that just just puts that bishop in that diocese a millimeter closer to you know some kind of progress and uh, it's important to do it I, and I, I think some of the fear uh, we're seeing is actually playing out in Washington DC right now where some of these documents that are released will show church leaders acting inappropriately when it comes to reporting abuse or covering up abuse. And some of those leaders still hold positions in the American hierarchy today. Uh, And I think there's this dread that how will this affect the current crop of bishops we have in this country. And there's been a gap in holding bishops accountable uh, ever since the initial response in 2002. Um, Are bishops and their decisions going to be held accountable in the same way that priests are being held accountable for abuse? And if anything good comes from this latest round of revelations, it's that church leaders seem to be willing to grapple with that, to figure out how do we create structures both for reporting abuse, but also for holding leaders accountable for the, the decisions they make when they uh, c- confront the, those accusations. Right. So with, a, with about a minute left, what are we, what are we looking for in uh, the n- uh, next few months? Uh, We'll have to pay attention to any follow-up from the meeting with uh, the American Cardinals and Pope Francis. Uh, They didn't release many details. They said uh, that they were working on a plan to address the crisis. And then, of course, looking forward to February, what will be on the agenda from uh, with this meeting with bishops from around the world and the Pope? Uh, What concrete steps? I think that's what people really want to see, what steps will be taken to address this crisis. And maybe we'll get some clues tonight. Uh, if you are in the New York City area, you can uh, stop by the New York Athletic Club uh, at, uh, I think it's at 7, or is it 6? It's at 6 o'clock, uh, where I will be sitting down with the current uh, papal ambassador to the United States, uh, Archbishop Christophe Pierre, and um, uh, maybe he'll give us some insight into all of this. I'm, 
I certainly intend to ask him about it. So uh, feel free to stop by. Uh, and you can find out more about that at americamagazine.org. And you can also find out uh, more about all the stories that we talked about today and all of our coverage at uh, americamagazine.org forward slash serious. Uh, and uh, we invite you to uh, join the conversation by subscribing to America at 1-800-627-9533. That's 1-800-627-9533 for a smart Catholic take on faith and culture. For Kerry Weber and Robert David Sullivan and Michael O'Loughlin, I'm Father Matt Malone. Thank you and good day. Listening to the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129.